Support for WPR comes from UW-Superior Center for Continuing Education, offering diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, monthly from September through May. uwsuper.edu slash cce. The following program is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Tom Clark here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor, talking with you about what's new in healthy living, sharing some down-to-earth advice and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call is 800-462-7413. And along with your calls, we have some topics to talk about, Zorba. Yes, statins versus supplements. Study talking about that. Always a question that people have. Can I do it naturally? Do I need a statin? What do they do? And we're going to talk about how one billion young people, according to some new work uh, done, may actually be at hearing loss when they become older. Why? Well, we'll talk about where that why is. And we have a special recipe to Absolutely special. recipe that I know you're going to jump on, Tom because I know how much you love it. Tom, you love cucumbers, right? Cucumbers are great. Tom, you love pistachios, right? Cucumbers are great. And Tom, you love beets, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a cucumber, beet, and pistachio salad, something that you will want to serve, and Tom will not. Let's get to the phones. (laughs) 800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. Our first caller joins us now from Buffalo, New York. Hi. Hello. How can we help? Well, I'm uh, 76 years old. I'm very active, still working. I do have a heart condition with uh, two stents. Mm-hmm. About a year ago, I was on a phone call at work. They put me on hold for about an hour, and I was cradling the phone between my shoulder and neck. So what happened, you could you could guess what happened. Yes, yes, Is yes. later in the day, I had terrible mm-hmm. pains in my neck. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought I was having a stroke. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So huh. That night, I was getting ready to call 911. Wow. I mean, I mean the pain big, must yeah. have been just, obviously, if you're willing to call 911 because the pain is so bad, it had to be really off the wall and had to be frightening because pain in the neck can also be a sign of heart disease. Which I have. Which you have, right. I mean, so that, that would be a frightening <laughs> thing. So uh, so what did you do about it that next morning? Okay, so I called my family doc mm-hmm, good. who gave me some painkillers, muscle relaxers. Mm-hmm. I missed two weeks of work. And, you know, eventually it got back to a manageable level. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, and that's about where it is now. And meanwhile... He referred me, and I started with physical therapy, then chiropractic, and in late April, I uh, saw an orthopedist. Mm-hmm. Okay, the orthopedist uh, immediately ordered me to have ordered an MRI. Mm-hmm. And the MRI showed nothing specific? or That's where I was going next. Mm-hmm. So, I, and a follow-up appointment in August, he kind of casually mentioned, he said, you know, mm, I was looking at your MRI again, and I noticed there's some signal cord damage. There's some disturbing things in that picture. Mm -hmm. And I think think it's possible you might be paralyzed. You might become completely paralyzed. Okay. So the MRI showed some changes in the neck and the spinal cord. Got it. Yep. So what did they do then? He recommended a surgeon who mm-hmm. he assured me was the one least likely to want to do surgery. Got it. So then I saw her, mm-hmm. okay. and she recommended not one but two surgeries mm-hmm. and told me that as a result of the surgery, if I didn't have the surgery, I would become stooped over and mm-hmm. look like, like Dracula. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I do, and if I do have the surgery... I'll be left with like a lump in my jaw. I won't mm-hmm. be able to swallow so well. Oh. And actually, my my neck will be stiffer and oh. I'll have less rotation than oh. I do now. 
that two, two surgeries will involve three months of recovery time. Wow. So that's basically, you know, what I'm chewing over. The fact is my life has continued relatively normally. I still go sailing and cut my grass, you know. So let me, let me uh, put it into perspective, and then I will give you yes. what I think you should do. So first of all, what they're looking at in the MRI scan, uh, the MRI scans now give us more and more information. They're looking at the top of your spinal cord. And from what I can get, what I suspect they're doing, and once again, I'm not looking at the MRI, but I can, you know, it's conjecture, is that they're worried there's some compression at the spinal cord and irregularities within your neck that may eventually almost sever part of the spinal cord. So not sever it, but put pressure on it. So the spinal cord, where all of our nerves go for the rest of our body, is not going to work, and all of a sudden you're going to be paralyzed in one way or another. That usually is what's going on in an MRI scan like this. Like, we've got to do something because you're at high risk. But now you've talked to a neurosurgeon or orthopedic surgeon, but I assume it's either one or the other. And they've said, look, we have to do two surgeries. These are really problematic big surgeries. They're going to leave you with some residual discomfort, residual pain. So what would I do in a situation like this? I would get a second opinion, no doubt. I would definitely get a second opinion. So you're not far away from the Cleveland Clinic. I don't know what, you know, you're over 75. You've got, you know, health insurance. You've got Medicare or you've got state health insurance. Actually, I would, this would be covered, this is going to be covered by workers' comp. Workers' comp. I would go to the Cleveland Clinic. You're nearby. You know, they're one of the great clinics in the country. And I would get a second opinion. There's no doubt about it. And then if I needed surgery, I would decide which place to go to. They have really good surgeons at Buffalo. They're really good. I wouldn't necessarily go to the Cleveland Clinic. I wouldn't say their surgeons are better than Buffalo. Not at all. They're good surgeons in both places. But I would get a second opinion. I wouldn't do it without that because this sounds like this is a great big surgery. If they said, look, we want to do surgery on your neck and we just want to stabilize it like you do on the back and we just have to stabilize the neck, you're not going to be left with anything residual, that would be something because there are some simple surgeries. But these are multiple surgeries. You need a second opinion. Let me ask you just one or two questions about that second opinion. Okay. The first one is, and I've noticed, you know, I just had an independent medical exam the other day, mm-hmm. and I've been looking mm-hmm. for doctors and so forth. And everything goes to workers' comp. Mm-hmm. It's a second opinion. How mm-hmm. do I get a second opinion that's just private to me? I don't recommend you get a second opinion from a workman's comp doctor paid by the state to evaluate you and your injury from workman's comp. Um, it's my impression they already did that. You've got an entry from Workman's Comp. You need a second opinion about the surgery. So I'll have to pay for it, and that's okay. That's well, I'm, big, I, big, I, that, I don't know if Workman's Comp will allow you to go. That, that's good. good point. Workman's Comp may say, we're not going to pay for you to go and get a second opinion at the Cleveland Clinic. But you have an injury, and Medicare should pay for you getting an opinion at the Cleveland Clinic. I mean, from what I understand, and I never answer insurance questions because I can be wrong. But if you say, hey, I've got neck pain and I have that, and you just do it through your regular insurance, you should go to the Cleveland Clinic and get a second opinion. When it comes to this, your health is far more important than if it's covered by workman's comp insurance or it's covered by Medicare. And no matter what, I would want your readers to know, your your listeners, of which I'm one, to know, and it may be different in other states, in New York State, once you uh, apply for workers' comp, you sign. They're not going to do anything. You're going to sign a blanket release, so they will go over your medical records forever. But that's pretty. And find whatever yeah, little yeah. things they but, can find. But that's so, but that's very common in workmen's comp. They want to look and see because I, they want to see whether. I know, or not but you I don't want injuries. them to. I don't want them to see this, this second opinion. I uh-huh. want it to be mine. Uh-huh. You know, because. I mean, what if he says, I definitely don't need surgery, and maybe I do. I want to be able to decide. I don't want workers' comp. Well, you are, you are right. You want to be the one to decide what you're going to do for your health. You bring right. up a very good point. And given that, I would never have the surgery because it sounds like it's pretty extensive, without getting a second opinion. I always say get a second opinion 200 miles away because it's more likely to be good. And you've got okay. a great place. Yes. More, uh, you've got a great place, Cleveland, which is not far from where you live. So good luck to you. Okay. And thanks for sharing Thank that. You. Very important for our listeners. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 
Our number, if you have a question for Zorba, 1-800-462-7413. Now, Zorba, statins versus supplements. A new study finds one is vastly superior to cut cholesterol. Right. So uh, let's put cholesterol into perspective and let's put statins into perspective. Before, Why do we worry about cholesterol, Tom? Why do you think we worry? Well, we don't want because we don't want to get sick. That's right. We don't get sick. We don't get heart attacks. We don't want yeah. to get strokes. So we worry about cholesterol. And cholesterol is only one factor in that whole constellation. You have cholesterol, smoking, obesity, family history, but it's one of the things we can manipulate. Mm-hmm. And so enter statins. Statins dramatically lower cholesterol. But statins also do something else. They stabilize the plaque in our arteries, the cholesterol plaque in the arteries. Statins don't just lower cholesterol. They're also, you could think of as anti-inflammatories to the arteries. We didn't know that at first, but we now know that. So they do a couple things. Now, there are a number of supplements that are also given to lower cholesterol. Now, one of my favorite supplements that was very important, especially years ago, was red yeast. Have you ever heard of red yeast? Red yeast? You see, you never hear about these things because obviously they just don't interest you, do you? Well, red yeast, as it was manufactured a few years ago, was really lowering cholesterol. And then the FDA came in and analyzed it and found that most red yeast supplements came from China and the Chinese were putting statins into the red yeast. (laughs) Got it? Okay. And saying, hey, you've got something natural, red yeast, but actually it had a statin in the red yeast. And so the FDA issued issued a cease and desist, and, and lo and behold, they took red yeast out of the supplements. Well, they don't check the supplements all the time. So whenever people take red yeast, if you don't know where it's manufactured, you don't know whether or not you're actually getting a statin in that red yeast. And remember, they send it over here, they send the same stuff over here, and then it's bottled in probably 30 or 40 or 50 different kinds of red yeast supplements. Happy Valley red yeast, Happy, My- Happy Valley a supplement red yeast, Happy People red yeast. In other words, it's one red yeast and many people use it. So that's the way it is with all stands. Omega-3 supplements, fish and fish food. Even though you're getting one supplement, you don't know what it is. Now, Let's look at what this study was about. I mentioned that for supplements because I always tell people go to consumerlab.com. I love them. They're the ones that do their independent report like Consumer Reports. You pay for it to get in the, into, uh, into the website, but they know what they're doing. Anyway, this study, they took nearly 200 adults, aged 40 to 75, and they were given – they were given brand name uh, Crestor. Crestor is Resuvastatin, uh, which is one of the statins. And then they were given fish oil, cinnamon, garlic, turmeric, pat steroids, and red yeast rice. All of them were given different supplements or many supplements for a period of time. And they checked the supplements in this study to make sure they were good name brand supplements. Lower behold, lo and behold, they found the resuvastatin, which is now a generic, lowered the LDL cholesterol by 38%. That's the bad cholesterol, much better to the placebo and also much better to all of the supplements. None of the supplements lowered cholesterol to that extent. So what are we left with? Well, we're left with two things. First of all, there is no doubt in my mind that statins have made a major change in heart disease and stroke. There's good data 30 years down the line. There's also no doubt in my mind that not everybody everybody tolerates statins. They cause muscle cramps in probably 10 to 20% of the people, and that can be problematic. So for 80% of the people, statins really can be useful. But there are a group of people that do not want to take statins. I truly think that that is also okay because there are many people that want to do it in a natural way, in which case supplements can be useful and supplements can also be useful along with along with stents. So I don't think this really answers one question. We know that statins are better than supplements in reducing heart attacks, strokes, and lowering cholesterol. We know that. But for people who want to do things in a natural way, supplements have a place. But Buyer beware. Realize the supplements you're taking do not have the strength that statins have, do not do as good a job that statins have. They do do somewhat. They do lower it, but their lowering is not nearly as robust. 800 is our number. That's 800 
We have a voicemail now, Zorba, from New Jersey. My question is, are there any foods that have parasitic benefits, meaning not to get them, but to kill them? Because I was wondering about certain teas. So if there were something uh, whole food natural, or if you want to go into uh, some kind of you know medicine, that's fine too. But thank you so much. Not that I know of. And, and I'll tell you where actually, if you, if you look at parasites, parasites affect roughly one to two billion people on the earth. And a lot of people of those one or two billion people eat traditional foods and do traditional re- uh, remedies. And the parasites have become smarter than we are. So there may have been parasites, I will say, where there were traditional foods that would kill them and might have killed, we'll say, 95% of the parasites that are living in the bottle, you know, in the body, hookworm and roundworm and tapeworm. But then the 5 or 10% that were able to overcome those traditional foods and the traditional remedies were able to kind of pop up and say, hey, I'm the ones who are growing here and they took over. So to my mind, there are no traditional remedies which will work with parasites. And, uh, and the medications for parasites, for most of them, are very inexpensive and very widely available. 800-462-7413 is our number if you have a question for Zorba. Before we take a break now, Zorba, we always love hearing from the grammar police. But here's a new one. This email... Always a new police. Hmm? You know, no matter what I'm doing, there's the grammar police and the punctuation police. You know, they're always going after me. I mean, really, I'm trying my best, folks. I'm trying my best. And you're succeeding. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, this email came from a very detail-oriented faction Uh embedded deep within the grammar police. (laughs) This one is from (laughs) the statistics police. (laughs) Statistics. <laughs> We're crunching numbers. We're crunching numbers. Yeah, numbers. <laughs> the following email came from Mari in Grand Island, New York. Dear Dr. Z, I love your show, but a recent statistic you cited is incorrect. You mentioned that the current rate of obesity in the U.S. is 40%, close, but is actually 42 Oh, my goodness. However. Failed again. Failed again. (laughs) However, the rate of obesity you cited in your 1950s childhood was not 20%, but rather 10%, which points to a more precipitous rise. Yes, right. Numbers matter, especially when considering the alarming rate at which our bodies have changed in America. Well, I'll tell you something. This statistician has brought up a good point. Versus 20%, 10% of the kids were obese in the 1950s versus 20%. That's an important point. And that was a misstatement on uh, on my part. Obviously, either I read it wrong or I remembered it wrong. But 10% or 20%, big difference. 42% versus 40%? Come on. I rounded <laughs> off to the nearest. So if I do the rounding, which is which is considered to be acceptable, if I do 1, 2, 3, and 4, I round it down to zero if I'm using integers. If I do 5, obviously, 6, 7, 8, and 9, I round it up. And the number 5 by pattern is rounded up to the top number. So at 42%, if I say 40%, I'm okay. But at 20%, I mean at 10%, if I say 20%, it's wrong. So one for the statistician, zero for me. Well, actually, no, I take that No, you back. got more no, than zero. No, no, it's really that. 50-50. They were right on one and right on the other. Well, that's good. Well, you know. Kudos to the number folks. I'm a science guy. Would you like to join the ever-growing grammar police force? Or maybe you would just like to file a missing percents report. (laughs) Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls coming up. More of your emails 
and we'll cook up a tasty beet salad. All of that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. Tom Clark with Family Doc Zorba Pastor here on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Our number is 800 462 7413. But Zorba, right now, recipe time cucumber, beet, and pistachio salad. I noticed how you said the word beet. You said like cucumber, beet, like. Beets. Like I'm always kind of. Could I could I substitute something for beets? Because I don't like beets. You know why don't you like beets? Why don't I like beets? <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> well, it's a problem. I mean, is it because your mother served beets all the time? <laughs> Blame my mother for everything. Blame your mother for beets. I don't beets. like beets. What's, I mean, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something deep in your unconscious about beets. Is the color? Can I just do this with cucumbers and pistachio and? Yeah, lima? but but then you'd be missing the beets. <laughs> you know who also doesn't like beets? Penny. Oh, really? She hates beets. Yeah. Now, I like beets. My mother used to serve beet borscht yeah. from, her, from her Russian heritage, but she wasn't Russian, but she used to serve beet borscht. That's why I always loved being invited to your house. Because <laughs> we never had beets. never beet. had beets. <laughs> you yeah. knew that it was a beet-free house. Like, we have beets with a little circle, like no smoking, yeah. no beets. But if people haven't liked beet, I don't know why beets have a bad rap, though. Now, my, my daughter's... Because they don't taste good. Yeah, Let's just, just do this, can have, we? They have a, no, I like beets. I want, I'm trying to bring beets back. Carl, I think we should contact the Beet Council and see whether or not they'll sponsor this show. What do you think? I think we should do one better, and we should contact Dr. Dre. He loves beets. Dr. Dre likes beets. <laughs> <laughs> now, when my, when my grandfather would come over to the house, and my mother would serve beet borscht, he had a mustache and a beard, and his beard and his mustache would get filled with beets. He was a messy eater, and it would turn red. And I remember I must have been five or six years old, and I would slowly eat my soup opposite him and watch him as his, as his, as his beard would turn red. And we remained red until my, my until my mom would say, "Hey, don't you think you should go and go to the bathroom and wash your face?" Because he wouldn't even notice it. That's a wonderful story. Thank you for the wonderful story. Yeah. But we're still doing it with beets. Okay, You're not gonna do it. all right. Three pounds of medium beets, trimmed, scrubbed, and very thinly sliced. Three pounds medium <laughs> beets. Trimmed, scrubbed, and very thinly sliced. Now, you know, you can get red beets, and I believe they're white beets. I'm pretty sure. I mean, my, I know uh, when my daughter, Didi, has come to the house and grilled them. Did you know you could grill beets on the barbecue? <laughs> it, it never occurred to me. <laughs> uh, three tablespoonfuls of olive oil. Three big tea olive oil. A large seedless cucumber, thinly sliced. So there, sometimes they're called English cucumbers. They cost more, but I think they're tastier. A large seedless cucumber, thinly sliced. They do, they do cost more. Uh, two tablespoonfuls of sherry vinegar, really good stuff. Two big tea sherry vinegar. So sherry vinegar is sometimes hard to get. I now buy it online and have it. It comes in a box just like boxed wine, and then I always have it around. But it really does have a different taste. If not, you could use apple cider vinegar. That would be okay here too, and that's easy to get. Mm -hmm. Tablespoon of toasted sesame oil. Big tea, toasted sesame oil. You could use untoasted too, but it should be sesame oil. Half cup of roasted salted pistachios, shelled and chopped. Half a cup, roasted, salted, pistachios, shelled, and chopped. Now, I think that's redundant. Who would use roasted, salted pistachios that weren't shelled? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, good point. I mean, point. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, nothing gets past me. I right? like the shells. <laughs> <laughs> they had crunch, and yeah. that's why my teeth are cracking. <laughs> yeah. So preheat the oven to 450 degrees, toss the beets with olive oil and a half teaspoon of salt, spread them out in a single layer on two large rimmed baking sheets, roast them for 30 minutes or a bit longer until they're tender, and then switching pans on the rack halfway through. It's kind of turning them around so that the front of the pan is in, uh, in the oven in the back and the back is in the front because usually that's the way ovens are. They're hotter in the back. Meanwhile, in medium bowl, toss the cucumber with a half teaspoon of salt, transfer to coriander. To, to drain. You want the cute to drain a bit. You don't have to push on it all. Toss then the cucumber with the vinegar, sesame oil, a quarter teaspoon of some black pepper till it's well coated, then fold in the beets, transfer to a serving platter, and top it with the pistachios. And top it with the pistachios just before you're going to serve it so they'll stay a little bit crunchier. Don't do it like a day before or an hour before. The other stuff you can make easily the day before and keep in the fridge, although I'd probably keep, do it the morning of that so the cucumber will remain a bit crunchy too. So if you like beets, it's really a good salad. You could do it without the beets, but it's I would, it would probably, probably be okay without beets. But the beets are a major part of this. This serves eight. Eight people who aren't going to eat very much. Yeah. <laughs> 800-462-7413 is our number. Wait a minute. Wait one a eight, minute. People are going to want this recipe. 1-800-462-74. You, know, you hate this recipe enough to have you told right, them right, that right. they can come to our website, sorbapastor.org. Or, of course, you can find us through Facebook. Or like Tom, you'll just forget about the recipe altogether. <laughs> Eight hundred four six two seven four one three is our number. One eight hundred four six two seven four one three. Now Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in Oxford, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi there. How can we help? Okay, I am calling because I have this issue when I do this um one favorite workout of mine. There's one exercise in there where I lay on the floor on my back, and I put my legs straight up in the air. So you put one hand behind your head. Okay. Like my right hand mm -hmm. behind my head. Okay. And then I'm going to reach up Mm -hmm. towards my feet, Mm -hmm. which are straight up in the air. Got it. With my left hand. Mm -hmm. So you do, you know, whatever, 16 that way, and then Mm -hmm. you put your left hand behind your head, and then you reach the other way. You said 16? You do it 16 times? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where'd you get that number? I'm just curious. Oh, it's a... It's a DVD, so I okay. usually count, and that's what mm-hmm. it ends up being. Okay, okay. but that's <laughs> so, a good number. Um, but it's it's actually that part of the ab workout, so mm-hmm. it's for like oblique crunches. Got it. So what mm-hmm. what happens when I do that though is when I do that particular exercise, mm-hmm. there's what feels like a ball going from my stomach. Mm-hmm. And rolling up all the way up into my diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And oh. it hurts. Oh. I mean, it's, oh. It's so it's not painful. Like, it's kind of just like a really creepy feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what is that that is rolling up, you know, into my chest area? Well, it's only that exercise. I that's do other... doing it. That's doing it. Right, right. You're using, you're using basically your abdominal muscles. Maybe it's the rectus oblique. You, have, you, if you look there, you have several different kinds of abdominal muscles. There are the oblique muscles that go in an angle, and there are muscles that are transverse that go directly across, and they all work together to keep our our abdomen together. When you think about it, you want to protect your gut with your abdomen. It's the sort of soft part of our body. And so we have three sets of muscles. So if we get injured with one set, another set is going to come in. And clearly when you're doing this exercise, one of these muscles, probably more than one, but it could be one more specifically than another, is being is pulling on the other muscles. Look it up. What you should do, go and Google abdominal muscles and then hit on the top of Google and hit images. And you'll see what these muscles do. And when you look at the muscles, they're sort of like a Chinese bo- uh, finger box when you look at it. They all interact with each other to keep our belly in shape. And you're using those muscles now, and they're painful because of the way you're stretching them, pulling them, and exerting power on them. That's, that's what's going on. 
the question is, and you, as you said, it's an abdominal exercise, you know, for your belly. And the question is, should you continue doing it? Right. I mean, sometimes it doesn't do it, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. I can kind of like um, lower my legs. I got it. Instead mm-hmm. of having them straight mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and it and it will stop doing that. But other times, like the last time I did it, no, it didn't matter. I just I had to stop doing so that. So are you doing I, this as part of... Uh, your workout or part of a specific thing you want to do with your body, with your abdomen? Oh, no. It's just part of this workout. It's a mm. DVD and Got it's it. like, you know, a, an hour workout. And that's part of it. Now, I do these alternating oblique crunches in other positions in this workout, too. Mm-hmm. One is where I'm standing up, okay. you know, and you're just kind of reaching your left elbow mm-hmm. to your right knee, bringing your knee up mm-hmm. and elbow down. And how do, the, how do those one, feel? No problem. And then another one where I do it is I'm just laying on the floor with my knees bent and both my hands behind my head and I come up and I crunch, you know, to the mm-hmm. right and crunch to the left, mm-hmm. work in the obliques. It doesn't do it then either. Okay. It's only okay. when my so, legs are straight. So I, I, would, I would avoid that exercise. That's what I would do. I would avoid that okay. exercise because what's happening, whatever's happening, you're getting spasm in one muscle or another, and they may be competing with each other in your body. This sounds to me like a muscle spasm. One is competing with the other. I would do the other abdominal things, and I would avoid this exercise. There's no reason to do it, and whatever's happening in your body, sometimes you're getting a spasm. Stick away from it. That's what I would recommend. It's muscle Okay, well, I'm glad to hear it's muscular because I was kind of worried. I'm like, is something going to, you know, like go up into my heart? And no, 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 what, no. Know? I'm sure, I'm okay. sure, it is, I'm sure it is muscle spasm. That's what it is. And keep doing oh, the work. Okay. And by the way, your description of the exercises are is great. It is spot on. I can picture exactly what you're doing. You should go into a business of describing exercise because you are. It's a ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been doing this workout for about twenty years, off and on. So obviously, <laughs> I you know what? Have it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks also for your call. That'll help other people who are doing exercises at home. I'm sure. Okay. Well, thank you so much, and um, I really enjoy the show. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you very thank much. You. Thank you very much for the call at eight hundred four six two seven four one three. And before the break, Zorba, let's do the segment where we feature what our wonderful listeners are writing on the Zorba Pastor on Your Health Facebook page. This is called Facebook Feedback. Facebook Feedback. Okay, Zorba, the following message came from Elizabeth in Wisconsin who wrote, I love you, Dr. Zorba. But I have to say something. Please be careful when you suggest that a better place to do things like health screenings is in the schools. You stated that doctors only have so much time to do all the things they have to do in an appointment. The same goes for schools, and more and more responsibilities are going down to the schools as we speak. Not to mention, teachers and staff already are your first line of defense for mental health, among many, many other things. Public schools are criticized for what they do and what they don't do enough already. They can't win. Comments like that just contribute to the demise and the defunding of public schools. The caller was talking about depression and screening for depression in schools or in a doctor's office. So if you make an appointment for a well-child visit, there are some questions that we ask about depression. But that means the child may not answer it correctly you know, that they're depressed at that visit, but they might be depressed a month after this visit. So the discussion was, why not do it in the schools? She's right. The schools can only do so much. So this really is a public health issue. How do we screen our children actively for depression so we cut down on things like 
teenage suicide and all of the issues that are leading up for suicide. She brings up also a very good point. The schools can only do so much and the teachers can all do so much. And they shouldn't be saddled with screening for depression in the school children. So I think the points she makes are very well taken, are very well taken. This is a public health issue, and it's especially important during this time of post-COVID because post-COVID, we see a lot more kids with depression, a lot more kids with suicide, a lot more violence in schools that has really popped up. But it was there before COVID too, and it's there after COVID. And it's a public health issue that we as a society have to begin to figure out how to do it. And we cannot put this on the teachers to do because they already have enough work as teachers. And finally, Zorba, you recently posted a photo of you in your brand new trench coat. (laughs) That's right. London Fog bought it on the web. Got it. Believe it or not. Got it. It looks like it's brand new for $32 plus shipping. And I love it. I love it. Well, the photo got a ton of comments. (laughs) So let's hear a few. First, Michael in Madison, Wisconsin said, Dr. Watson waiting for Sherlock in his London fogger. Very elementary. Next, Julie wrote, Do you resemble Inspector Gadget? (laughs) And finally, Chris in Indiana wrote, Is Tom the chief inspector? (laughs) Thanks to our wonderful listeners for all the Facebook comments. And, of course, you can always send us an old-fashioned email at... Zorba at (laughs) WPR.org. More of your calls coming up, another interesting topic to talk about, and more listener emails as well. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Tom Clark here with Family Doc Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Our number, if you have a question for Zorba, 1-800-462-7413. But now, Zorba, more than one billion young people could be at risk of hearing loss a new study shows. Right, right. So what do you think these 1 billion kids, 1 billion adolescents and young adults, what do you think is probably going to cause their hearing loss? What would you guess? Well, I have no idea. Loud music through earphones. And the recommended noise limits are no more a than... A billion young people? Well, because they're using earphones all the time and cranking it up. I mean, that's the estimate from, uh, essentially, from data that comes through the Lancet and some other places. So noise limits, there are things called decibels, and it's a way of measuring noise. And when you're listening to a train, you've been, you've been in New York and listen to subways or Chicago, yeah. right? So those are loud sounds. Those sounds are about 100, are about 100 decibels, 90 to 100 decibels when they pull in. But when you're standing in the subway... It's loud when it comes in, and then it gets softer because you're on the train. I mean, it's not as loud on the train. Or you're only listening to it while you're going from one spot to another. But no more than 85 decibels throughout a 40-hour week. Now, young people, generally they found people from the age of 12 and also to to adults, 35 and under, are often using MP3 players, cell phones, iPhones, whatever you're using. In your phone. Usually the content is about 105, between 105 and 110 decibels. In other words, it's cranked up beyond a train getting into the train station in New York City. Yeah. It's cranked up more to like a jet. So the problem is this loud music over time is estimated to cause literally one billion young people to have hearing loss when they're in the 60s. Well, we're never going to fix this. You could say that. You could say we're never going to get people who are young to turn down their music. Yeah. Right, right. You're never going to. Yeah. Well, I believe in education. 
So I believe that education makes a difference. So you're right. At one level, it'll be, well, come on, turn down the music. Well, first of all, you know, you don't know when people are listening to music. You don't know how loud it is because you can't hear it. Right, Tom? Of course not. No. So I don't think parents know enough to actually say to their kids, how loud is your music? And then put the earphones on and listen to it and say, I think that's too loud. That might make a difference. Or how about when somebody is 18 or 19 or 20 and say, hey, you could destroy your earring. That might make a difference. How about somebody who's 25 years old and doesn't realize they're cranking up, you know, cranking it up to that might make a difference. It's that it's this whole age group from about the age of 12 to the age of about 35. That's more than 20 years listening to loud music. Educate that group and say, listen, turn it down to the point where you like it, but don't turn it up to the point where you can stand it. In other words, if it's up to the point where you can barely stand it, it's too loud. And if it's at the point where you like it, it might be at the right point. Education is the key here. Well, yeah, maybe. Well, that, well you, you bring up an important point. Yeah, maybe. In other words, teaching young people about music may not actually work. Well, you might be right. <laughs> it's well, one me, for Tom. Let me write this down. <laughs> Zorba said <laughs> is our number. If you have a question for Zorba, give us a call at 800-462-7413. And now, Zorba, let's see if we can help a listener in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Hi. Hello. How can we help? Well, lately, I was finally treated with a shot of cortisone in my between my three and four lumbar for a uh, pinched nerve, mm-hmm. and it's okay. a miracle. I had pain all year. Wow. And now it's gone. I'm wondering how many of these shots are safe. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that. By the way, you're not the first person to ask that. So you had lots of pain. Tell me a little bit more about the pain, and the pain went away completely. Okay, so, yeah. So about a year ago or so, I fell down and broke a rib, oh, mm-hmm. and I didn't know I broke it for a while. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it seemed to exacerbate what my doctor found, which is a pinched nerve, mm-hmm. and okay. I had pain from my hip down my leg, mm-hmm. and it wasn't radiating. It just was there. And, okay. I mean, sometimes I had to haul myself upstairs. It hurt so bad. And wow. it was constant wow. for a year. They finally sent me to, it's called Physical Medicine mm-hmm. at Mayo okay. here in La Crosse. Okay. And uh, I've been paying free for almost a month. How wonderful is that? So there's no magic number of how many injections you can have. Certainly, you can't... You don't want to have them on a continuous, regular basis. Now, some people actually get injections once every year or two or even three years, and it puts everything at rest. Some people find the pain goes away, and a month or two months or three months later, the pain comes back, and you try a second or a third injection. Clearly, you can't live your life by just having these injections on a regular basis if they're too often. So there's no magic formula to say exactly what this is. Every time you enter your body with a needle, there's always the possibility of side effects. And also it is cortisone, and cortisone can have some side effects long-lasting, although the data has really shown that these injections on the whole are safe. But that's the word, on the whole are safe. In other words, every time you enter into that space, you run a risk. Albeit small, it's still a risk. So I would say a few are okay, but I don't know how I define that number. It's sort of individual with the patient. And so you've had a month of relief. Let's hope it lasts for longer. Sometimes people get, like I said, a, an injection or two, and all of a sudden the pain goes away for a year. But then sometimes the next injections don't work either because the pro- disease process itself is worsening or the injections just are not doing the trick you want them to do. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I'm 74 years old and I'm very active mm-hmm. and I make pottery and this whole pain just colored my whole year. Right, um, right, right, right. And I really feel bad for people who have pain now that can't get relief because now I know what that's like. Right, and, um, right. You've I got, appreciate you've, you've got insight into that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're, you're most welcome. And good luck to you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. 
800-462-7413 is our number. 1-800-462-7413. Okay, Zorba, as you know, we get so many questions from our wonderful listeners, but we also get calls from listeners who just want to share a comment or a health tip. So it's time again for the segment we call Caller Comments. This is a bunch of caller comments. People calling us with their health tips. Thanks. We appreciate it. Okay, Zorba. First, let's hear from Anne in Claxton, Tennessee. I have a comment about the shingles vaccine. I'm on Medicare and United Healthcare as my supplement to Medicare, my doctor called in the prescription for the Singrix to the drugstore and my United Healthcare covered it because he called in the prescription. It covered the prescription. It would not cover the shot if I just walked in and asked for the shot. Just thought I'd pass that on to your listeners because I did I did pass that on to my doctor after I discovered that so that she could tell her patients. But anyway, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye. That's a very good point. I knew that you get the shingles vaccine from Medicare Part D at the pharmacy. What I didn't know is that you have to have that prescription there in order to get it, that unlike a flu shot, you just can't walk in and get it. Your doctor has to prescribe it. Very good point. Very, very important. Always, and if you're ever getting any immunizations at the pharmacy, ask them, am I going to be charged? And they can check that out. And finally, Zorba, a listener named Mike sent us the following email. Hello, Dr. Zorba. I've heard callers for years asking you, about restless leg syndrome. Many years ago, a colleague's wife had it, and I remember the journey they went through, doctor to doctor, med to med, and finally, a miracle happened. They found a hot tub. She she would take a dip in the hot tub in the evening, and boom, the end of RLS. How nice. He said something so simple and pleasurable solved his problem that uh, went on for years. Again, thanks for all the great information you provide. That's wonderful. I wonder if the IRS would take it as a deduction if I prescribed a hot tub to patients with restless leg syndrome. That's a question I can't answer, but maybe your accountant can. Hmm. (laughs) 800-462-7413 is our number, 1-800-462-7413. Now, let's hear a voicemail from a listener in Florida. Yes, Dr. Zorba. I'd like to find out about turmeric for uh, shoulder pain. I don't take any medications, and I'm trying to find something that might ease my pain. Uh, It's been going on for maybe two or three months, and I would like to get your opinion on that. Thank you very much. You know, I've heard more and more about turmeric, and uh, which is a spice, and some people say it really works for their arthritic pain. I think I would try that. That might be good. Uh, you might also try glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate. That's something that would also be good if you've got shoulder pain. But turmeric certainly is something that might be very, very useful. You know, then you go to also the physical things that you do for shoulder pain, such as ice or heat packs that can make a difference, and of course, regular stretching and shoulder exercise is very, very important for any kind of musculoskeletal pain. But certainly turmeric is something I would try. I always tell people when they're taking supplements, go on it for two weeks, go off it for two weeks, go on it for two weeks, go off it for two weeks. Do that three times because you want to get rid of the placebo effect, which is when you first take it, you say, oh, I think it's working because your brain is working and tolerating it. When you go on and off it two or three times, that effect tends to diminish. 800-462-7413 is our number, 1-800-462-7413. And before we call it a day, Zorba, every now and then we get an email that we just can't not include on the show. So, here's a message we got from Norman 
in Hawaii, who writes, A close friend in Hawaii is also a very good doctor of the old-school persuasion. Unfortunately, he tripped on a loose throw rug in his own home and broke his hip, requiring a total hip replacement operation that same night. He made it fine, but also knew he wanted to prevent any blockage or backup caused by pain meds or lack of exercise. <laughs> of, of the bowels. <laughs> so he invented a new drink that both tastes good and keeps his bowels loose, <laughs> too. It's easy to make. One half lemonade, one half prune juice, <laughs> some ice <laughs> chips. He calls it, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. The Arnold Pooper. <laughs> it's pretty darn good, and it works. <laughs> I've got to tell you something. The, I think I know this doctor. I think he's Doc Maui on Maui. I think he's a friend of mine. I know he listens to my radio show. I know that for sure. And, you know, and like I said, he's the guy He's the guy on Maui and Lahaina that everyone goes to that when they want advice. So here it is. He wants to make sure that he doesn't get constipated from pain meds. I love it. Half prune juice. Half lemonade. It's called the Arnold Pooper instead of the Arnold Palmer, which is half iced tea and half lemonade. We've got it. We've got a new drink, the Arnold Poomer, the Doc Maui Arnold Poomer. I, I, Arnold Pooper. I think what we should do is we should start manufacturing this, Tom. What do you think? Uh, good idea. And maybe maybe we should put this recipe on our website. I think. Can we do that, Carl? I'll look into that. We'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a helpful tip for the show? Feel free to trot it out by posting on our Facebook page or by sending us an email app. Don't forget, don't let that stop you up. Send it to Zorba at WPR.org. What was that again? Don't let it stop you up. Got it. <laughs> See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Tom. If you missed anything during the show or just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web at ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget you can call us anytime and leave us your question at 800 800- Four six two seven four one three. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It's not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, <laughs> I'm Tom Clark, asking you to join us. I didn't get a da 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 On the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.